Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Podcast Manager Show. I am excited to chat with one of my students, Justine Dolores, on how she built her podcast management business. In the beginning of 2020, Justine was a flight attendant living in Dubai. She'd been doing that for almost eight years, but then when COVID hit, she realized that she wanted to go back home to Australia, but she needed to figure out what she was going to do, you know, career-wise. That was when she started her online business as a freelancer, and eventually she niched down into podcast management. You're going to love hearing Justine's story, some of the limiting beliefs that she had to get through, and some really great advice on how she has grown her business through referrals and Instagram. So grab your pen and paper. We're going to go talk to Justine. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Justine, thank you so much for being here on the Podcast Manager Show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I am so excited to have you. You are coming from Australia and it is 6.30 in the morning there. So thank you so much for getting up early (laughs) and sharing your story with us. Thank you. No, I'm trying to start my day earlier. So this was fine for me. Now I know I can get the rest of my day going after this interview. Yes, yes. Uh, So let's start talking about your story of how you built your podcast management business. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I was living in Dubai um, and I was working as a flight attendant for almost eight years. And then when COVID hit last year, we were still down for a while and it really forced me to think about what I wanted to do next. And I told myself, I think it was time to come back home and I didn't want to go back to that nine to five job. So I literally searched on the Google engine, work from home jobs or work remotely jobs, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I found that you could become a virtual assistant because I didn't know what online skills that I could do. So I joined a VA course and then I knew from there that I wanted, um, there was a module there that covered podcast management. And then I knew that was the specific service I wanted to niche down to. And then I found your course. I did your masterclass and I signed up. And yeah, I legally set up my business here in Australia. And I officially, I would say I started when I actually actively started looking for my clients was in um, March. And yes, I've been in business for a few months now and I've got a few clients under my belt. So yeah, it's been an exciting journey. Oh, I that sounds really <laughs> exciting. And March, I mean, was that March 2020? Yeah. Or no, March 2021? 2021, yeah. So while I was still living in Dubai and deciding my next move, I was starting to plan how to legally set up my business in Australia. And I only started kind of, like I set my portfolio and everything, got the testimonials. And I, like I said, I only started really actively looking for clients because that's when I kind of felt like, yeah, this is it. I'm ready Mm, to take mm -hmm. on my first few clients. Yeah, I started doing that in March. 
Wow. You've been crushing it then. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, yeah. it's not been that long, but it does happen quickly, especially when you have everything. Like you said, like you, you were ready to go in March. You were ready to, to go all in. I really had the strong motivation, sorry, motivation to do it because I told myself once I moved back home to Australia, I wanted to make this like my full-time income. I wasn't looking to get another job, no part-time job, no full-time job. But I also invested in a business and mindset coach because I knew I really needed one to help me work through my mind blocks because I think that's one of the biggest things that really hold us back in our business. Well, especially for me in my business. So yeah, I invested yeah. in a business and mindset coach to really push me forward and get the wheels turning in my business. And it did. Yeah. Speaking of that, what were some fears or mindset blocks that you encountered like really early on when you were first, when you were first really launching your business? Yeah, the main one I would say would be the comparison thought. I was comparing myself, like, especially because I knew I wanted to market myself on Instagram. So Obviously, I started following other podcast managers and found some and I just thought, oh my God, she's already fully booked or how is she getting so many more clients? And I would be like, I can't do this. Mm. And I would just kind of spiral down that rabbit hole and I was like, I would be, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to be good enough for this. And especially starting a business, I'm like, I have no idea how to even start or run a business. Mm. I was like, what am, why am I even doing this in the first place? And that really crushes you. And it's hard to kind of pick yourself back up if you spiral like really low into that. So mm -hmm. I knew I needed someone to help me um, push past that and hold me accountable to really get me to the confidence level that I needed so I could show up for my business and get get the client. Yeah. And just what you're describing there, it's so relatable. And it really makes me mad, to be honest, like to think that we all can at certain points let ourselves you know, not let ourselves but the fact that like it's like the imposter syndrome it mm -hmm. plays such a yeah it's so strong honestly yeah. I didn't doing this I didn't think that mindset would be such a big thing like I knew it would it was going to be there but I never put much thought into it and only now do I realize that everything that was holding me back like hopping onto um those discovery calls or putting myself out there to email like a potential client, like all those things at the beginning was, I was just scared and that I didn't have the potential in me to really provide them like a good podcast management service. And mm -hmm. I always used to have the thought, especially when I used to hop onto those first few discovery calls that I used to, the thought process in my head was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm a newbie, like, they're going to see right through me and they're not going to want to hire me. They're just going to look for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that really translated in the call, comparing how I am now. Right. And yeah, about imposter syndrome, it's so normal to have imposter syndrome. And yeah. really in everything we do, we when we're new, we have to put on a brave face and believe in ourselves and do all those things. Yes. So the fact that we'll get so intimidated by that, it's like, it's so natural to be new yeah. when you're new, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was like, I need to really work on this mindset because mm -hmm. I could see the pattern that I wasn't getting any clients because if I'm not confident in myself, how can they be confident in me to trust me to handle their show. 
Yeah. Now, if what you described, if someone is feeling like that right now, what advice do you have for them to make that mindset shift of, okay, on their next discovery call, they're going to have a little bit more confidence because of what? You know, because for me, I started seeing that these discovery calls, not necessarily as a sale, and that took a lot of pressure off me. I took things, I broke it down into smaller steps, like Instead of seeing it as a sale call, I just started seeing it like as a kind of casual conversation where I would try to find ways that I could help them or give valuable information. And you might not, because you're new, you don't think that you have a lot of value to give, but you actually do because when you think about it, they've come to you because they have no idea how to even like launch a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and just small things that you give to them and you think it's really nothing. It's like, it's kind of like a wow to them. So I'm a strong believer, like in affirmations and stuff. So I always read and sometimes I still do now, but I always read like an affirmation that really resonates with me to build my confidence up on that call. And it's really changed my thought pattern and my mindset going into that call and when we start talking, I forget that I'm a new person or I forget that I'm comparing myself. And I feel like just the whole conversation flows and I actually leave the call and I surprise myself sometimes after the call. I'm just like, oh my God, wow, did that just all come out of me? Like, I didn't know I could even do that. Yes. I I love that you shared that because if we give ourselves that like just take a deep breath before a call. Let yeah. what the, the information that you have, like you said, even when you're new, you know more than the person on the other end most of the time, right? Yeah. Especially in the podcasting world, we know more than our clients. Yeah. If you give yourself that little confidence boost, then you can deliver, like you're saying, and you, you after a call, you realize, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I have a lot to share. I have a lot of value to give. Yeah. And if you focus on just connecting with the client, and seeing if you're a good fit personality-wise, if you have some sort yeah. of connection, then if you if you just kind of focus on that, then you can explain kind of what you know, but also connect with them. And after a call, see if, okay, yeah, they would be a good match for you, just like how they're deciding if you're a good match for them. Yeah. And if you don't land them as a client, it's fine. Because the way I saw it was just another opportunity for me to get more confident on these discovery calls. and. If there were things or questions they had asked and I didn't know the answer, then I would go and research it. So the next time I hop on a discovery call and I do get asked that question, then I know how to answer it. It's really helped. Like now when I do discovery calls, I do less prep for it than I used to because I just feel much more confident. And I kind of know I used to always follow a script. I mean, I always still have it up on my screen, but it's more so just to make sure I get all the questions I needed asked Mm -hmm. Um, I asked them those questions and I hardly ever followed the script that I've written because it just because you've done it quite uh, a lot of times it kind of just it's in your head already and it flows more naturally so yeah yeah that's the sweet spot because then you can you can tweak it you can you know what you're gonna say but you can say it a little differently each time and it's a lot it's a lot more natural yes exactly and I feel like that builds a more kind of natural relationship with your potential client or the person on the other side. So it's really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, can you tell us about the first client that you landed? Like, where did you find them? And what are you doing for them? So I started looking for clients in Facebook groups. 
I don't know why I started that way. I think it's because I remember I heard you say that's how you landed your client. So I just thought, oh, that's the route I'm going to take as well. Mm-hmm. But now thinking about it, I don't know why I even started with Facebook because I am more of an Instagram person. Mm-hmm. But I did land my first client in Facebook. It was, I think it must have been his VA that posted on a Facebook page and they were actually looking for a virtual assistant and she had listed all the tasks and the qualities they were looking for. And I just saw one was managing, not managing, sorry, like writing show notes and uploading and scheduling for his podcast. So I reached out to her via email and I just, because I saw the opportunity, I just told her I'm not a VA and it's not exactly what you were looking for in the post, but I am a podcast manager. And I then dove into explaining what a podcast manager is and what I do. And then, yeah, I think about a week later, she said yes, and she started onboarding me onto her team. So now I only started off writing the show notes and then it slowly progressed to me uploading and scheduling their episodes into Libsyn and doing their podcast newsletter. And now I'm doing the social media graphics. I'm creating audiograms for them. And he's recently just asked me last week because he wanted to market himself on LinkedIn if I knew any strategies or how we could get more engagement on his posts on LinkedIn. Mm. So, yeah. I love that. Now, one thing that I wanted to point out there that you just said was, you know, you saw this post that wasn't exactly what you were looking for and what they weren't, you weren't exactly what they were looking for, perhaps. But I love that you didn't just say, okay, cool, I'm a VA that can do all this and change your offer to match them. But instead you said, I saw what you're looking for and I can help with this piece of it. And you showed them how your offer, your package would work for what they were looking for. I love that you did that. Yeah, I just remember, I don't know if it was Sarah or yourself that mentioned this, that you have to look for those opportunities that are not necessarily, you know, that visible and direct that someone says, I'm looking for a podcast manager. Because Mm -hmm. again, a lot of people don't even know that podcast managers exist. Yeah, they know they know that this is needed, but they don't know the title always. So you're right. It's yeah. like if it's podcast manager, then everyone's going to see it. But if you can look yes. at the opportunities in the right places where your client's at, and it's so fun to helping and showing someone like, hey, I'm the one that you're looking for. And they're like, oh, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. are. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so I mean, he wasn't my ideal client, but I actually love working with him because his podcast is about how to sell your business, um, the services and products that you offer through storytelling and listening. Because when I do write the show notes, I listen to the whole episode. Mm -hmm. So I do really learn a lot from him as well. And he's very approachable and easy to communicate with. So even though he's not physically the ideal client, he is my ideal client when it comes to a working relationship. So Mm -hmm. it's been really good. Yeah. Yeah. And like personality wise, which is sometimes harder to find, you know, if you're looking for someone that's laid back or someone that appreciates really high quality, it's like, it's hard to always pinpoint that person, you know, since it's not, they don't wear it on their sleeve necessarily. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I've been really lucky with him. He is so laid back and usually we we just communicate through email and it's usually once or twice a week that I see from each other, which is nice because he trusts me to handle all that everything that he's given me so far. So yeah. 
yes, that is my ideal situation too. <laughs> like I love yeah. talking to my clients. I would talk to my clients all day, but I also have other things going on. So I really can't and don't <laughs> want to. <laughs> I know sometimes you just get carried away and you're like, oh my God, you've been talking this for this long as I hope to get some work done. Yes. That's actually what always happens on my podcast, on my <laughs> interviews, like what we're doing now. It's like having, holding myself accountable to, to not talking forever. <laughs> yeah, that happens on my discovery calls sometimes as well. Like I found some really great people to, and we just get chatting and I'm like, oh my God, I thought it was 20 minutes, but it's been a quite long, like half an hour. And they're like, I'll be going to wrap this up soon. I'm going to have a meeting or I have to go soon. I was like, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. It, that's a good problem to have, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, before we move on, I did want to say you, I love what you put out on Instagram. Like it's clearly a good fit for you because I just like, you can just tell that you enjoy it too, because I just love following you on Instagram. So everyone should go, definitely go follow you. (laughs) Don't compare, compare, but follow Justine. (laughs) No, it was actually really a struggle. I actually had that. I created that business page, I think in December and Mm. literally all I put was my photo and my bio. And it took me a long time to figure out how I was going to market myself on Instagram. And like I said, I I wasn't confident to do be doing reels or even showing up on stories and talking. And I think I only started doing my first post. I don't know if it was in March. Um, and it's really grown from there. Yeah, it's a great way to market yourself. Like now, um, I don't even have to search. I'm not even searching for ideal clients anymore they're literally just dropping I get inquiries through my dms or Mm. I get um discovery calls booked and I see it on my um in my email or uh, people just messaging me saying oh I'm interested do you do this 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 so it's been crazy um how marketing yourself on Instagram like knowing your ideal clients and the content that you actually post if it resonates with them and it's targeted specifically to them, you can easily attract them straight away. It's crazy. Like I struggled, like after my first client, I struggled to even find my next client. And when I really stepped up my Instagram game and also working with my business and mindset coach, everything had just changed and pivoted in my business. Yeah. Now, what are when people are finding you on Instagram? Like, are, do you think that they're just searching for podcast management on Instagram and finding you? I feel like yes, probably the podcast manager. They do like, if they do know to search because I've got that as the title. I really did a lot of I did a lot of research on how to market myself on Instagram. Um, I started following like these Instagram coaches because they give so much value on their page on how to really set up and optimize your page. Mm-hmm. because I don't have a website. So I knew I wanted to kind of use Instagram as well as like my website. So kind of all the information you'd find on a website I have on my Instagram. So when someone does land on my page, they easily know what I do, where they can find my services. I've got the social proof and the testimonials on there and obviously the content on there. But I think as well, Reels has become a big thing right now and when I kind of look at my insights, the most visibility that I get is through my reels. So I'm trying to put more reels content out there because, I mean, I only have a small following. I'm not worried about how big my following is. If I can get, like, I think I've only got 300, but if I can get, like, most of them as just who my ideal clients are or potential clients, then I'm happy with that. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. I totally agree. It's like, it's not about who's following you. It's like, is it working or not? And it sounds like it's working. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. It so is. And I'm so happy that like all that time I did and effort I put into researching that it actually worked, <laughs> that it is working. Now, who is your favorite um, Instagram coach that you follow? Um, I've got a few that I follow. So two of them are Aussie girls. One, her name's Ella, Ella Mazur Creative. Mm. And the other one, her name is Niz. I think her Instagram handle is NKO Creative. And there's another one as well, Your Social Avenue, so Jess. So those three girls are kind of my go-to when I'm trying to look for inspiration or kind of see what they're doing, like maybe something new on their reels that they get reach or mm-hmm. and especially learning about how to kind of create like an Instagram strategy and knowing your content pillars to really speak to your ideal clients so you can get those leads and the sales. Yeah, I, I also follow your social avenue. I'm not sure about the other two. But oh, I, yes. Yeah, I follow her as well. Yeah, she's really great. <laughs> yeah, she is. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass, and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. Now, I love that you mentioned that you don't have a website because that is always something something that some people will get stuck on is creating a website instead of just kind of getting out there. And it's like a, a website is a place where people can see that you're in business. So it's important for that reason. But I love that you mentioned like you're using your Instagram. It has all that information on there. And yeah. a website, people don't usually stumble upon a website, especially, you know, when we don't have a ton of content or anything like that, but people will stumble upon your Instagram profile. Yeah, like it's, Instagram is so big right now. And I, like you told us in the course, is to really know who your um, ideal clients are. And you did mention as well that you don't need to have a website. So um, that was something I didn't get stuck on. Like I knew, okay, I'm definitely not going to do a website because one, I don't even know how to create a website. And two, I don't even have the budget <laughs> to hire like a web designer to do it. So I just use the Milkshake app right now on my Instagram as the link to kind of showcase um, my services, how they can like booking the call with me and uh, my portfolio. And then I have the highlights as well on there. 
to show them like exactly what my services are, the testimonials and everything. And it worked really well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I do have people that do reach out. I think there was a few girls in the course as well who have just started uh, and they've just asked, how do you even start knowing what to post on Instagram? So I've just told them kind of the basics that I've learned and how it's working for me. Mm, Yes. Well, and that's awesome that you're sharing that. I've heard uh, great things about milkshake. And I, another student in the program, she told me that she had a milkshake website, not, not really a website, but it's a, you know, something you use on Instagram. And I looked at it and I loved it because it's so, they can be so simple, but look good. Yeah, you can actually, um, you have to download the app on your phone, but they've got all the templates set up for you already. And you can just choose your font, do it to your branding colors. And it's so easy. Yeah, I love that. I d- it's so great. Honestly, I was thinking back on whatever you said, like you didn't want to go back to your nine to five or go back to, to a nine to five. And so you just looked up and felt like, what are my options? And it's so great that like things pop up nowadays, right? If we would have been looking 10 years ago, we wouldn't have had nearly as many options as we do now. And it's same with just all of these like Instagram and Instagram features and all these things. It's like, there's so many great resources that we can use and tools free tools even because milkshake is free right it's free yes it's free wow and it's pretty much what i think they call it like the mini website builder for instagram (laughs) oh wow okay so if someone is listening and they're they've been like (laughs) maybe they've been thinking do i make my own website number one probably no I mean, there's ways that you can do your own website and it looks good, but it is t- such a time suck. It really is. Yeah I, yeah, I knew from the beginning, I told myself, well, even if I learn how to create my own website, I don't want to be wasting my time doing this. I just really want to get out there and start landing clients and really building this business of mine. So I kind of looked for other ways to, yeah. Myself. So I, yeah, and I was like, yeah, Instagram will do like, you just got to optimize it to make sure it acts like a little mini website. So when people land on there, they know exactly what you do, who you are and how you can help them. So that's what I did. Yeah, that's such great advice. Now, speaking of time, what's your goal with how much you're going to be working and how much are what's your goal? And then what how how much are you working now? Well, at the moment, we're in lockdown. <laughs> so I feel like it's been I think we've been in lockdown, I don't know if it's three or four weeks now. So there's not much that I can do. So I really am using just this spare time to work on my business. And I try to work from set boundaries and do from nine to five. Mm. But I do go over time sometimes and I do work on weekends. But for me, it was important to make sure that I spend time on my business as well as my client work, because I see that my business is just as important as client work. So ideally, I would only want like probably work only four times a week and just do Mm. like from nine to five. But I'll see. At the moment, I feel like everything's a little bit everywhere because I'm still in the learning stages because I did just onboard two clients at the same time. And one of them was a launch client. So my load is quite full. (laughs) Yeah, my load's quite full at the moment. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I know, I know that position. It's so fun to also to like onboard clients and it's so fun to launch yeah. and it's, it's such a balance for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've got four clients now and I've got a few calls lined up for next 
week and someone also reached out to me on Instagram saying she wanted to launch her podcast, I think, in the fall. So I think that is it September, October in the US, which is perfect because the launch client that I'm working with now, we're launching her show um, in early September. But I don't even know how this is how I'm going to manage. I feel like I need to hire already an editor or something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I I know exactly that position. Now, of all of the different services that you've provided so far, what are you loving the most? I actually do love the editing side, but it is time consuming. So I guess I think maybe down the line, I would want to hire an editor to help me with that, but I would want to do some editing myself. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do, I'm only in the first week of doing the podcast launch, but I actually really liked it. At the beginning, it was really, I just had, my mind was everywhere. But now that I really kind of set it out and really understood it and mapped it out and everything, I feel like like the launches are going to be something that I really love to do. Yes. Launching is so different than month, than management because management is like just this really solid system and machine that you can set up and then you yeah. just plug away at it. And then launching is like, it's a party, <laughs> but it's a party yeah. where you have to remember all the details. Like, did you order the cake? <laughs> did you get the balloons? And you have to do stuff last minute and you have to do, you know, you need to plan certain things. It's just, there's a lot going on. It is. But I feel like um once you do your a few launches I think you'll be able to find like a system that you can really like kind of stick to obviously you might have to tweak it with each client but I also just started doing um some guest management and I actually am finding that really fun Mm -hmm. yes I love guest management too and then when I talk to a lot of people it's actually the most intimidating service is what I hear is that people are intimidated by it because there's the whole like pitching aspect where they're like, what if I get all no's? What if no one says yes, yes? And I'm like, oh, it's so much easier than you think. Not Maybe I shouldn't say easier, but people want to be on podcasts. So it's I was not, about to say that, yeah. yeah. There's the people want to get visibility. They And plus podcasting is cool. Like <laughs> they just are interested in it. Yeah, exactly. So many people want to be on a podcast. So I feel like if you do reach out, you would get more of a yes rate than a no rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more about asking the right people. Yeah, exactly. That's where the skill comes in is not just saying, not just, you know, reaching out to everyone, anyone. Yes. Yeah. Having people that really make an impact for the show. That's that's where you can get good. And especially if you like if you've already worked with the client, you're working with them on other services and then they want to add in guest management, you already have a really good feel for their show and who they're who they're targeting and all of that so then guest management can be really seamless yeah I'll see how it goes I mean I've just started but so far I'm enjoying it so yeah yeah that's I feel great. like there's just so many things because you can even just get really specific and niche down to doing guest management because then there's the whole pitching of your clients who could be on other podcasts as well because at the moment I'm just doing pitching out to guests to be on my client's show. So I haven't gone down the other way, but yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. I've done some of that pitching to my clients to be on other shows. And I find that that's a little bit more like cyclical, like your cli- your clients will want it for a couple of months and then they'll, maybe they won't want it or they'll want to do less because they want to, they're focusing on something else. So it's a good pairing because guest management is consistent. 
but then pitching on other shows can be a little bit on and off. So it's like, oh, okay, add it in, take it away. It's it's kind of nice so that it's not always all on, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. That I will keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, so they're a really great pairing because you're already sending emails and following up, and so you're kind of already in that mindset. Yeah. So tell us about you. You obviously have enough leads, which is amazing. Tell us about what you kind of or where you see your business moving in the next six months? Um, I actually, I never thought I would want to do an agency, but I've heard from listening on your show as well. There was, there's quite a few of the students in our program who did expand to like a little boutique agency. So I wouldn't mind doing that. So yeah, I'll see how that goes. I think I would, wouldn't mind having a little boutique agency because at the moment I did find a graphic designer to do all the social media templates and the cover art for me because I thought I could do it myself but there's actually more to kind of like the branding and everything side to it and I was Mm -hmm. like I can't do this it just takes me a long time I'm just going to look for a graphic designer so hopefully maybe have a graphic designer an editor and an editor on my team yeah love that I'm not sure that was just an idea that came to my head the other day (laughs) yeah I love that and it's it's neat because then, like you said, you could you can see like, okay, what do I not enjoy doing, or what just takes me forever? I'm the same way with graphics. Like I've got a I've got a good graphic eye. I think like I know what looks good and what doesn't look good, but it takes me very a lot of time <laughs> to put something together. Same, yeah, I'm exactly like that. I would say I'm like I think I've got a pretty good eye for design, but when it came to doing it for somebody else. Because I remember one of my clients asked me if I could do um, the audio graphics and I said I could do the templates. And it literally took me like a whole weekend to come up with just two designs. And I thought, oh, I can't be doing this. I really need to find someone to hand it off to somebody else. Yes. One of my clients even now, I'll think, you know what, let's let's switch up the, her audiogram and I'll I'll start like moving pictures around and I'll just start doing it like on a whim. And she has graphic designers that are on her team. And I'm like, Lauren, stop wasting your time. It's not going to turn out the way you want it to. Just hand it off to the appropriate person. Stop wasting your time. <laughs> yeah, because I've got, I find that I've got the idea in my head and it looks good in my head. But when I actually design it, I was like, well, that doesn't, that does not look great at all. Like, what am I even doing? I've just wasted the whole day. <laughs> And I was like, oh, and I get so annoyed with myself. Yeah. But then sometimes there's podcasters who maybe that you're their first hire. And so anything you put together, they're like, oh, it's it's great. <laughs> happy with it. <laughs> yes, they love it. Like I had a client like that where I now looking back, this was years ago at this point, looking back, I'm like, oh, that wasn't the best graphics, but she didn't care. She so likes all it. that mattered. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, great. Well, this has been so good. Is there anything else that you want to share with someone who's just starting out? Or maybe you mentioned that you landed your first client pretty easily, but then it took you a while to get your second. So do you have any advice for someone that's maybe in that period where they're kind of hitting a wall for some reason? How do they kind of pull themselves back up and keep at it? Yeah. So when that happened to me, I decided that Facebook Probably, well, Facebook wasn't really working for me because I found that I was not being consistent with it, mm-hmm. um, like the networking and everything. Because I know that in your program, you said to like for it, for it to work, that you've really got to be consistent and dedicate your time to looking for it. And 
I just used to dread it. And I thought, well, this isn't working for me. So what, what should I change? And then I thought, well, duh, why are you even on Facebook? You love Instagram. So that's when I changed my whole networking strategy to market myself on Instagram and do the networking and engaging there because I knew Instagram a little bit more. And I, even though I put a Facebook business page, I wasn't even really posting anything on there. So for me, it's just knowing exactly who your ideal clients are, where they're hanging at, and find a platform, a social platform that you actually like mm. and you know that you're going to be able to stay consistent with because once you start, if you know you want to market yourself on Instagram, you really have to come up with an Instagram strategy and it doesn't have to be anything full on. Like for me, I knew that I could only manage posting three times a week on my feed and I've come up with Instagram stories like little strategy where I show up every day, but I don't even have to show up my face every day. Sometimes it's just Canva templates that I post up there that promotes my service and it's done for the day. Yeah. And making sure that whether you are marketing yourself on Facebook or Instagram, just remember that it should act for me, it should kind of act like your website where someone lands on there. They should not be able to know exactly who you are, what services you provide having some social proof on there and then also doing the whole networking and engaging and making sure you follow up and you have for me as well when I was starting to market on Instagram I would make sure I leave like genuine comments I used to um what to call it I actually found a lot of my clients through hashtags when I didn't have leads coming to me I was searching through hashtags like my ideal clients were business and mindset coaching so I searched them through hashtags. I would leave maybe two or three comments on one of their recent posts. And that's how I started kind of either developing a relationship with them or they kind of got curious and they clicked on my page. And it just so happened to be that they were looking for someone to either launch their podcast or they did have a podcast and they wanted to outsource it. So they would then either book a call with me or they would send me a DM asking more about my services. So I actually did find at the beginning a lot of my clients through the hashtag. But now, like I said, I'm just getting, they're all just kind of coming to me now. So that's, Yeah, they're finding you through hashtags probably yeah. now. <laughs> it's it's flip-flopped. Yeah, I don't know if my hashtag game is that well. I mean, I don't know if it's even that great, but yeah, I did try learning what the whole hashtag thing is. So I think it's changed now, but I haven't changed it. What I have now at the moment is still currently working for me. So I've just left. (laughs) Yes. Now, question for you. In the case that you went engaged with someone who you thought was an ideal client, and maybe you DM'd them or they DM'd you and you kind of had this conversation going, how did you pivot it to like, hey, would you want to get on a call? Because that's a question I get all the time is like authentically chatting with someone, but also not just chatting with them just to chat, but like with that purpose in mind of, hey, let's see if we can work together. Yeah, I actually found that the accounts or the people that I was engaging with on Instagram, I was also kind of their ideal client. So sometimes, most of the time, they actually started the conversation with me. And I don't know, we were just, I felt like we were just kind of like chatting and getting a feel for each other, but I wouldn't sell my services just yet it was nice just to get to know them more and then when I saw the opportunity that it was kind of 
progressed with our conversation, I would be like, oh, yeah, I helped one of my clients actually do the whole editing for their show. And they'll be like, oh, the editing. And then it kind of peaks the what exactly do you kind of do kind of thing. And if they had the podcast, then they'll be like, oh, I'm actually, I wouldn't mind having someone. I've been looking, trying to look for, they usually would normally say like a VA to kind of help me with my podcast. And that's when I would kind of just start explaining um, what I did as a podcast manager. Yes, that's great. And yeah, what you said there of that you were their ideal client, that is so powerful. Because not only do you have just a genuine interest in what they're talking about, because you enjoy mindset and business coaching, but they also have a interest in you. Maybe at first they're like, oh, this would be a perfect person for my my coaching programs. Yeah. But then over time, they're like, they appreciate your outlook on their podcast because you are an ideal listener. Yeah. And I think maybe as well, because of that, it was easy for me to build that kind of authentic and natural relationship. I think that's why it was kind of easier for me to be to be able to kind of like obviously promote my service, but in a natural way. I think that's why it was easy for me because I know that a lot of people struggle and say like, how do you even start when you do a DM, like tell them about your service? Because I hate when it's just all kind of salesy and they just count that you straight away. I was like, no, that's not how I want to do um, promote myself. I know I hate it as well when people just can't, you get DMs and people just kind of sell their service or product to you straight away. I don't even look at it. I just delete I just delete that message. Yes, same. I get so many messages right now that are like, I work with, and then they tag the person they work with. And it's like, then they pitch me on something. And I'm just like, you don't care who, no. who I am. The other thing I get a lot too is like people say, asking me if I'm looking for an editor. And I'm like, if you knew what I did, <laughs> you would understand that I have hundreds of students that could edit for me like I don't need editing options <laughs> yeah it's just, it's such a big turn off especially because one they haven't even taken the time to look at your profile find out more about you and if they don't even if I get a dm and they haven't even addressed me by my name I normally delete mm. it straight away because I'm like this dm probably it's not worth it I mean if they haven't even used my name um I'm just like oh, deleting right. it it's just like a copy paste situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's not even just to like dig on these people, but just say that when you show genuine interest in someone else on Instagram, you're setting yourself apart. Yeah. (laughs) When you're actually interested in that person, you're already ahead of the game. Yeah. And that's one thing as well. If you do decide to market yourself on Instagram, if you are going to send a DM, I would definitely start by using their name and just finding like a connection or like looking maybe at their profile or recent post and just kind of saying something that kind of tells that person that you like you have looked at their profile and kind of know a little bit more about them to start off that conversation. Because for me, I, like I said, if they haven't used my name or said something that connects with me, I don't really like to read the rest of the message because I just automatically think it's just another like one of those spammy like DMs. So if you can find that, use their name and find that connection point to start your DMs and start that conversation on the DM, I think that's a really good starting point. Yeah, that is some great advice. Well, Justine, thank you so much. This has been so good. I feel like I didn't think this was going to be 
like some awesome Instagram training, but you have shared so much great stuff. (laughs) So I really appreciate it. I'm excited to hear what people take away from and implement into their own Instagram strategy. I will say, because sometimes like if I talk about a specific topic on the show, then people are like, I have to be on Instagram. So as we've kind of hit on, only get on Instagram if you like Instagram. Yes. You have to pick one, of course. If you if you don't like anything, then you're you'll have a problem. But choose the one that feels <laughs> most authentic and you're excited about. So if you like being on Instagram, you know, as a user, then it could be a really great fit. Yes, exactly. And that's where my mistake was because I wasn't even a big fan. I wasn't really even using Facebook. Mm-hmm. But I went on Facebook and I that wasn't working for me. And yeah, so for me, it was Instagram and I actually naturally enjoy it and it's worked for me. And you're going to find it much more easier to be able to engage a network because you do spend, I make sure that I spend at least half an hour each day when I, when I first started to make sure that I was networking and engaging to make sure that I could get those clients. So yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really great. Now we've hit on following you on Instagram. So what is your handle? So everyone can go follow you. it's justine underscore podcast manager awesome that sounds great everyone will be over there looking at your milkshake and (laughs) looking at everything all your highlights and all that good stuff thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your story thank you so much for having me lauren i was so excited when you told me that if i could be a guest on your show i was like oh my god yes because i love listening to your success stories on your show yeah so now you get to impart (laughs) your own wisdom whenever I ask people, I often get like, well, like, I'm just doing my thing. You know, it's not necessarily sometimes people don't really feel qualified. But like, that's what I love about these episodes is that if you're doing it, if you're a podcast manager, then you're qualified. (laughs) Because we all learn from each other. Yeah, I actually thought that when you reached out to me, I was like, me, but I was like, but my story is not even anything great. But it is. (laughs) That was actually the first thought that I had. I was like, but me, I was like, is it been going to be like good content for her sure? <laughs> what do you know? And it, it will and it has been. <laughs> Why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> yeah, I know. See, that's the mindset thing. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We have to be, we have to also allow other people to, to tell us like, hey, no, I'm inviting you on the show because I think you will be. And you, you can, sometimes we just have to be like, okay, they've invited me. I, I'm going to be great then. I'm going to believe it. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. That's the mindset you need to have. Yeah. I actually, after I moved past that mindset, I was like, oh my God, yes, I'm excited. Because then I know that like a lot of girls have reached out to me and I'm like, I hope that this, at least my story will inspire someone the way your success stories that you have on your show have inspired me. So yeah. Yeah. And if you're in a little bit of a slump or something, then it just gives you that jolt that you need to keep at it. And yeah, I, I love these stories. Yeah, you just got to keep pushing through. And if I could do it, you can feel like, honestly, like I did find myself in that space and I felt like giving up, but I pushed through. I found a solution and you just never know what's waiting for you on the other side of it. Yes. Have you seen that photo where it's like it's two people like digging through a cave or sorry, digging through rock. And then one of them is like right before they get to diamonds, they give up. And then the other one, just keeps pushing through a little bit further and then they get to the to the all the the diamonds it's like the perfect illustration 
Oh my God. No, I haven't seen that image. No. I'll have to find it and, and post it on Instagram <laughs> or something because it's such a great okay. illustration of exactly what you're you're describing is like, you really don't know how close you are. And even even just speaking of like a mindset thing, you know, like if you feel like, man, I'm, I'm, you just have this mindset block. Like if you just keep, keep working through even that, then you, you have an epiphany of, oh, wait, you know, I can be great on discovery calls or there are a ton of clients. Like that's another thing people you will get into a funk of there's not enough clients. And it's like, as soon as they, um, something changes, something clicks, then they're like, wait, there are a lot of clients. And you just, it's like, you just, you get through that block and you're ready to go. Yeah, it's so true. And it's so important to move past those mind blocks. Like whatever works for you, like I like I said before, I knew that it was getting um, a business and mindset coach to help me because, I mean, I do my med before that I was doing my meditation and stuff like that, but it still wasn't working. And I knew that I really have to get real because if I don't push past this mindset, I'm not really going to get anywhere in my business and I'm not going to be able to get those clients coming in. So. Yeah, that's what I did. And it's the best investment I've made so far in my business. <laughs> that's that's a great tip. That's a great tip. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been so great. And I know that people are going to be really inspired by your story. Oh, thank you so much, Lauren. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.